Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Number two on this busy Thursday evening, Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Switch gears, do a little giant football now as they are right back at the division. Coming up here this Sunday, they return home. They take on the Washington Commanders. First two meetings in a three-week span against their friends from the nation's capital. And one guy who's going to be there to take it all in, of course, is our good pal. He covers the Giants for ESPN. It is Jordan Renan. Jordan, I'm a little surprised that that you're not along the Odell Beckham tour tonight. I, I thought the Giants would have included you to you know, help show Odell maybe some of the things that have changed here over the last few years. Yeah, you know, yeah, they take you out to dinner and you get the nice dinner. It's usually position coaches and not reporters, though, so I don't know. <laughs> I think you would be better than the position I think coaches. That's kind of standard around the league, you know? I think you'd be better than that, though. You're, 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 you're a man about town. You know these things. We do have we do have a pre-existing relationship, that's for sure. That 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 yeah, is a true that is a true statement. Good to catch up with you, my friend. How by the way, how was um how was Thanksgiving down uh, down in Dallas? How did that go? It was you know it was, actually I was I found it to be an entertaining game, and the spread was uh, everything we had hoped for. You know the 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 ribeye uh, carving station. Uh, like Vietnamese table, desserts, like all these little, like, you know, uh, apple pies, pecan pies, but like bite-sized ones and, you know, all kinds of good stuff. And it was actually like a candy dispenser type machine where oh. you could just go and pick, pick out, like, you want like a uh, little Reese's peanut butter cups? There was just like thousands there waiting for you to just take and, you know, it's like out all game or little sun kiss, like jellies, you know what I'm talking about? Wow. Those like. It's like, uh, quarter size, yeah. It's so like I mean, a Willy Wonka Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is. And then they even have the uh, the beer on tap for after the game. You, you know, mentioned like that. Your store, you, you get the beer. It had like a some sort of pistol or gun like uh, logo to put the, uh, for the tap on top. It was super Dallas Texas style, you know. So basically, what you're saying is the editors had to work uh, extra hard to uh, proof those stories before they were actually put up there on the site, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also saying, I'm also saying, and I think I could say this because I don't think my sister-in-law uh, listens, but you know, this is a pretty good spread. Probably, you know, it might be better than the spread I usually get. Not that the spread hey. I usually get is really good on Thanksgiving, but this is a this was a high quality spread, man. Hi, no harm, no foul. I, I don't think she would take any exception with that there. Um, good to hear that you had a good holiday here. And if you're the Giants, you know, it's going to be good for you coming up here on Sunday in the sense that at least from what we saw on Thursday, they're probably going to be a little bit healthier in this game against Washington, no? Yeah, that should be huge. I mean, they're going to get back a whole bunch of guys. Aziz uh, Ojolari looks like he's returning Daniel Bellinger. So, I mean, those are basically two starters right there. Then you throw in Fabian Moreau. Uh, you're you're getting a whole bunch of guys back. Uh, like last week was rough. The team they put out there in Dallas, and it's why I I don't even know if you can be like upset at like the way the Giants played or that they lost that. Game. I mean they were just outmanned. I, I yep. don't know how you could watch that and be like, well, yeah, they had opportunities. They kept it close, but like Dallas was the better team. The more they kept playing, 
the more likely it was that that Dallas team took over. But the offensive line, Evan Neal's coming back. I didn't mention him. That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they should get should get Evan Neal back, John Feliciano back, and then Nick Gates is likely going to move over to left guard because uh, I don't think Ben Bredesen is quite ready yet. That's still up in the air. But so essentially you're going to have three new guys on the offensive line. That's 60% of the offensive line you're getting back. What's been the biggest problem lately? They haven't been able to run the ball. Yeah, that's true. Um, where, now, obviously, it goes without saying. The offensive line has been a big reason for that. But, you know, I don't think the running back is 100% either. We know he's got a little bit of a shoulder uh, boo-boo. What do you think? Do you think this is something that could correct itself for the last six weeks of the season? Or that peak Saquon that we saw at least the first, you know, eight, nine weeks, is that guy maybe not going to resurface again? Yeah, I don't know why everyone keeps thinking he's injured. What have you seen that makes you think he's injured? I get it. He hasn't played as well. But I, he, they had the bye week. I think the shoulder is actually better now than it was, like, pre-bye. I, don't, I haven't seen anything. Like, there was a while there where I would see him wince in the shoulder and pull himself out, plays here, there. But I haven't seen that post-bye. Uh, so I don't really get the – He's not healthy. Team. What do you what What do you see that makes you think that? Well, I mean, they say he had, like you said, the shoulder first and foremost. But I also know that look, when you play this game, you ran down the mash unit and the list of all the guys that are injured. If you don't have an offensive line that's healthy and capable, that's number one. If you don't have any yeah. sort of semblance of a threat in a downfield passing attack, that's number two. Teams are going to sell the hell out to try to shut down your running game because they know that you're not a threat when it comes to throwing the football. So I think that that also I probably is the bigger thing. Yeah, I think that's more of it than it is the, him being injured. And maybe, like if you said he's getting worn down just from, like, usage, I, I could buy that also. Uh, but I actually haven't seen anything that indicates to me, and I've asked, we've asked him, trust me, I've asked him, you know, how he's feeling, if he's fine. And, you know, the things he said and the Giants have said today, they just have to execute better in the run game. And, two, he has to play better. He hasn't played great. Let's be honest. Saquon Barkley, no matter what, A, he's playing, so you gotta, he's got to play well, right? It was not a good throw, a great throw by Daniel Jones in that fourth and one. But Saquon Barkley 100% should have caught the ball. Agree. Like, that's a play that he has to catch the ball. If Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley aren't making the tough, big plays, this offense has no chance. Like that, to me, was just a play that he has to make. And I get it. It could have been a bigger play if you put it out in front of him. Daniel Jones has said so. He doesn't. He didn't like the throw that he made, and I agree with that completely. But we wouldn't even be talking about that play after that game if they want to caught the ball like he should have. Talking with Jordan Renan here on 98.7 ESPN. I'll tell you one other thing, and I, I talked about this the next day after the game on Thursday. You were beat up very badly in the secondary in terms of the corners that you were throwing out there. And I get it, you know, you injuries and you're just throwing guys out there and somebody's it's next man up. I get it. But I was a little surprised that wink continued to be so blitz happy as he was. And I know that that's their MO, but you know, Jordan, if you blitz, you're leaving your corners out there on an Island to defend one-on-one. I just thought with the personnel that they had, maybe that wasn't the best bet to keep those guys and ask them to do things that maybe they're not accustomed to doing or maybe should be accustomed to doing. Yeah, I actually heard the early part of that Friday show of yours straight off the plane. Uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I heard this. Uh, and it was, by the way, great show. I appreciate that. I mean, I, well, I mean I you're, you're, you're a big part yeah. of it, so I would expect you to say that. You're a regular. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I would tell you. I, I would. <laughs> but in this case, no, I, you know what? 
I, I thought about that, and I was going back and forth, and I'm thinking, yeah, you're probably right. I agree with you. But, I mean, we haven't we learned already like that's just not what Wing Martindale is going to do. Well, I know. He's just not going to do it. And it worked in the first half. It's the reason they were – like, if you go back, and I remember watching it, Dallas was just a little off. They were just missing. They had a couple opportunities for big plays. And the only reason they just missed was because of the pressure. And because Dak was, like, moving a little fast and it was just off. So it worked for a half. They just couldn't sustain it for long enough. I don't really know if there is a right answer to that, right, though. Like, if he plays it the other way, they'll probably just bleed to death. And if he doesn't play it aggressive, I mean, if, and if he plays it aggressive, then you're, you're going to have happen what you have happen with, you know, essentially, eventually, uh, Dallas is going to be able to hit some big plays and just kind of win those one-on-one matchups. But, uh, yeah, we learned this from Wink Martindale watching him this year. Go back and look what he did in Baltimore. Might have gotten partially fired, pushed mm-hmm. out the door. Going to when he when he didn't have the personnel in Baltimore, kind of fell apart. Um, but yeah, he's just not going to relent, and that's what the Giants are built on. Uh, the bottom line is, this team is just not a complete team at this point, right? It's not a finished product, even close. And that's the bigger problem, rather than you know, okay, he should have played it this way, should have played it that way. But you still see the fight there because you said the first half of that game, when they took a lead to that locker when, room, I'm sitting there like, you you, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, I thought they were actually going to maybe pull this thing off with smoke and mirrors, that that somehow they were going to have another day ball miracle here. And, and you know, they got the, the talent wore thin in the second half, as you would expect. They couldn't cover C.D. Lamb, among other things, and you saw that exposed. But now when you look at these final six games, like, it's amazing to me, Jordan, how many folks – just think that the wheels are completely going to fall off this train the rest of the way. I just don't see that. I think they have another push you. in them. I'm with you. I think people like they all of a sudden think this is going to be a terrible team. Like I don't, I don't get it. They they're seven and four for a reason. Yes, when they play the higher level of competition, it's going to be hard. But to think the Giants aren't going to play another good game to me is silly. Like they're getting healthier. Like I just said. I mean, they're going to have as many as six, seven, eight guys back this week. Like, they're getting healthier. That obviously helps. I mean, yeah. Like, a guy like Daniel Bellinger, not the greatest player in the world as a, as a rookie, right? But he's a contributor and a solid player. But the, like, each of these guys that get back, they're slight upgrades. To get a bunch of those, I really do. I don't see why people all of a sudden think this team, which has been really good this year, and we all can agree, I don't know anyone who's going to tell me they don't think they overachieved so far, that all of a sudden they're going to fall apart. Like, they're going to win some games. They're going to, you know, play a good game here and there. And to be honest with you, I know everyone's like, Philly, lost, lost, uh, Minnesota, lost. Like, they're going to surprise people and play a good game one of those weeks and win one of those games. Do you think, because again, the number you throw out there, right, I, I keep saying 10 is the number you want to circle to feel where you have a good you're chance in. to get it. Right, you're in. You think they you're have in. 10 in them right now? Uh, I think, yeah, you know what? I mean, we're talking about three and three, right? Right. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I do think they probably have 10 in them. They win one of the Washington games, one of the Colts games. And I just told you, I thought they were probably going to win one of the games that everyone expects them to lose. And remember, week 18, yep. what are the Eagles going to be playing for? Squat. Right. There's a good chance that Eagles team is playing for nothing. So that's, in that, if that's the case and they don't play half the guys, that becomes a game they're probably favored in. So, yeah, I do. I do think they get to ten. I think that's the number. And even if they get to nine, go look at the road 
for other teams to get to nine or ten. Who's getting there, Dan? The Who's NFC stinks. There? The NFC stinks. And that's the thing the that they NFC have going has. for them, too. I mean, Seattle has some tough games. I mean, and Washington's schedule is not easy. Even they're like one of their easy games, Washington, is Cleveland. But Cleveland's now getting back to Sean Watson. That's not a, like, you don't, you don't just say oh, W, right? I mean, they played the Giants, Giants, 49ers, Browns, Dallas. That's not, are they even getting to nine if they lose this week? I don't see it happening. And I, and I still don't have the utmost faith in Washington. Like, they're a scrappy team. I give Rivera credit for keeping them together with everything that organization has been through. But I, I don't yeah. think they're a – obviously, we know they're not a great team. I don't think they're even a playoff-caliber team. How about that? They're, they're the Giants, essentially. They're, you know, they're very similar to the Giants. They, they might have a little better weapon, right? But, you know, and a little lesser quarterback. But they're very similar, right? They need to run the ball rely on their defense, play it close, win tight games at the end. Like, that's their formula. I mean, that's their recipe for success. It's very similar to the Giants. They're strong in the defensive front, not as strong in the secondary. I mean, to me, they're very similar. But the Giants still are in the lead, right? If you're running a race, Dan, I'm the guy that likes to have a head start, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Call me a cheater, you may be like, no, or, you know, like taking advantage of something. But I like to have a head start. The Giants have a head start right now on Washington and Seattle. So you tell me to handicap it and bet on it. I'm going to say, I like the Giants to make the playoffs. Like, they have a head start. They put themselves in that position. I'm leaving the NFC South out of this because they're only going to get one team in. It's whatever team wins the division. Probably going to be Tampa, but who the heck knows? So it's seven, uh-huh. the way I see it, there's seven teams with life for six spots. I think the Giants are getting yeah. one of those spots. I think they are. It's Washington and Seattle for two spots, right? Better, right? Even better. We don't think we don't think that Atlanta's going to get there. No, right? they have no. Five, They're not getting right? there. Atlanta's not getting there, and Detroit really needed that game against Buffalo, and that's why that was actually big for the Giants on Thanksgiving. It, Detroit was the one team that you could look at and be like, they're pretty good. They're getting better. They could maybe make a run. But that loss, I mean, they played Buffalo really well, but that loss kind of eliminated them. Seattle's got the 49ers, the Chiefs, and the Jets in three straight weeks. Yeah. They have two fairly easy games against uh, the Rams. Right. They got to win both. And then they're going to have, and then, but it's still going to be tough to get to that nine, right? And they got got Carolina at home, too, which is also kind of like, you know, you don't know what you're getting out of Carolina from week to week. You don't know who the quarterback is going to be from week to week. Right. So they, but that's let's give them those three. Let's say they win the three that we expect them and lose the three that we expect them. That don't that gets them to nine. Now they do win a tiebreaker with the Giants. Correct. Right. That's the advantage that they have. That's really the only thing the Giants might need to worry about is tiebreakers. They're not going to be in great shape because let's say they split to Washington. They're still not very good in the division, so they'll probably end up losing tiebreakers to Washington if they split with them and they lose tiebreakers to Seattle. Well, that's why so the only. It's imperative they get at least one against Washington because if you spl- if you get swept by Washington, I mean, you are really just making these even more difficult for yourself. Just yeah, even get, you know, just even get out of your own division. I mean, that would be miserable. Let, let, let me go. Let me close on this one. I'm going to go back to where we started with Odell. Giants have made it clear. You and I have talked about this. They're not one player away this season. Everybody knows that. So you also don't know when or if. Odell is even going to be able to play. I'll ask you this. Is it even worth it to bring him in? 
I was thinking about this today. I think people are misunderstanding what bringing Odell is in is for. It's about bringing him in for next year, right? Odell Beckham doesn't want to go anywhere unless he gets next year guaranteed and, you know, a decent amount of money because look at the free agent market this year. Look what Allen Robinson got, right, coming off injury, right? Guys like that. Uh, You know, when Chris Godwin, he was coming off injury. Mike Williams, these are the examples that they're going to use, right? And if you're Odell, like, to come back and play, I don't know, we're at six games right now. When's the earliest you can get back? Let's say three games in the regular season. Like, and and coming off the injury. Saquon has actually told me this when I asked him about Odell many times. I don't think people realize, like, you have to be realistic with their expectations for this year. He's coming off a serious injury. Remember, what happened to Saquon coming off that injury, right? Mm-hmm. How long did it, it took about a full year to be a good player again? I don't think people are being realistic about what Odell is this season. So it almost makes no sense for him to come back and, like, okay, prove yourself in three games off a serious knee injury. You know, like, that, that's just stupid. It's all about getting the second year and getting the second year guaranteed. How much money, Dan, are you willing to pay Odell Beckham next year to get him to come? And then whatever you get from him this year is a bonus. That's how it should be viewed. Not what can he give you this year. That's, to me, not what this is going to be about. Yeah, it's all well and good. And I think that's even a a, a deeper discussion, too, as to whether or not it's going to even pay dividends for you next season. You're talking about a guy coming off of a couple of injuries, another another year older. I I think it's a fair question. But what if you can get him for $10 million next year? Is that, a, is that an investment that you're willing to make? $15 million maybe. I don't think – I think 10 is too low. He probably – somebody would want to – Even $10 million. I mean, even $10 million, Like, the Giants are cap-strapped this year. I don't know how much they got coming off next year and what kind of moves Joe Shane could make, but – They have a ton of money next year available. But, but do you think he's a $10 million a year player, even at this stage of his career, where he's at with all the injuries behind him? Well, Allen Robinson was a fifteen million dollar. Well, how did, and player. how did that work out? I'm not saying you know what I mean. Great, like, like not, look at the look at well, what I'm saying. But look at like, forget about Allen Robinson. Like, take the Russell Wilson disaster trade that the Broncos made. What they gave up to get him, and then what they ended up paying. And on top of it, my point is, when these bad moves are made around the league, I think other GMs take notice and say, "Damn, we got to learn from their mistakes because we don't want to go down that road and do something stupid that could hamstring us." But, Dan, here's the thing. This is why it's an interesting dilemma. If he's just asking basically for that year two guaranteed, is it a one-year risk you're willing to take? Because the, it's, it's obviously a risk coming off his second knee injury, right? He's had an injury pass, and he's 30 years old. But there also is a tremendous reward. The guy was, has been a really high-end player for most of his career. So is it worth make, taking that risk for one year? And maybe it working out, maybe adding, you know, some phony years on the back end, whatever it is, you know, like where basically the team, if it works out well, right. then they could keep them. For Kick the can down four, the road, but, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, is it worth taking it, that one year risk? Because what's available, go look at what's available at wide receiver and free agency. Is there anybody out there that you can dream of as your number one receiver or number, even number two, a quality number two? For like fifteen million dollars or so, mm. go find it. Well, you never go know. There could it. be go. guys. There could be guys cut. You know, they, there could be guys who are cap cuts. You know, and, and cap hits and guys like the that. Now, the top receiver as of now in free agency is Jacoby Meyer expected. So, 
Think about that for a second. And he was an undrafted guy. And, and you know, he parlayed that into probably a decent payday. But that's the thing with the Giants, though, Jordan. Jordan, they're going to have to go get a couple. Not even when I say a couple. They're going to have to get a few wide receivers out there probably in the offseason. And I just wonder, like, okay, even if they are entertaining bringing in a guy like Odell, do they see him as a two a three? You know what I mean? Like, I want to see what that depth chart looks like before I slot Odell in there, but I know that I don't have that luxury because the decision has to be made here pretty soon. Pay $15 million next year. I'm just throwing this out. Yeah. I'm not saying I would. But give him $15 million for next year. Let's say he, he takes that. Uh, you go and you draft one high, and then you throw in Wondell Robinson and Darius Slay, and then all of a sudden, hey, maybe you have something there. That intrigues me. That intrigues yeah. me. Me too. I don't know if I do it. I do agree it's a huge risk, but it might be a risk worth taking. I've been thinking about it more and more. I'm starting to come around saying, okay, I can see why it's a risk that a team like the Giants would make. It actually makes more sense for the Giants if it's we're talking about next year than it does for Dallas and Buffalo. Giants next year have the nine road games, right? Because they got the nine home games this year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I believe so. And that's one extra plane ride. You got to be careful with Odell, and you got to monitor him on that, too. <laughs> no, they don't fly commercial. <laughs> Jordan, we're out of time. Thanks as fun, always. Dan. Oh, All right, take it easy. You're the best. Be good. There's our pal Jordan Renan, covers the Giants for ESPN. You know, we haven't talked about that much. We could get into that here at 800-919-3776. I'm curious. Do you think that this is a wise move for the Giants to reenter an Odell Beckham Jr. relationship? And on a second note, you know, this thought of the Giants' season is not successful if they don't make the playoffs. I've heard a lot of that stuff being swirling around, too. Lot to talk about. We're with you till 10. It's the Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Thursday in NYC. Don't forget, remember, coming up Sunday, 11 a.m., Jet pregame, yours truly, Greg Buttle. We got you set for Jets and Vikings. Big one coming up, of course. We are your home for the Jets, 98.7 ESPN. Six more to go, six more scheduled games, and then you would hope that there's still going to be more played after that. And for both of these football teams, I think the Jets and the Giants, with the way that they're going right here. And, you know, the last couple of days, I, I, I've heard a lot of stuff about with the Giants specifically. Got to make the playoffs. 
Got to make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, it's not a successful season. It's like everything they did up until this point, like racing to a 7-2 and two start, it's all for naught if they don't make the playoffs. Really? Like, I mean, is that, is that where we're going with this? I understand. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to chase that ultimate prize. But, 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 but think for a minute. You're a Giant fan. Go back to the summertime and what the expectations were for this football team. What you hoped to possibly get out of this team. Now, if I remember right, Vegas had them at like seven and a half, which I thought was outrageous. I thought that was way too high. Remember, they had they had the Giants over the Jets in terms of the wins for the upcoming season. I thought the Giants were rebuilding, starting over, trying to sift through who was going to be a part of the long-term solution and who wasn't. Who knows what you were getting out of the quarterback? Who knows what you were getting out of Saquon? Who knows if everybody was going to mesh with Dayball? First-time head coach, you never know what you're going to It's a risky proposition. You know, sometimes they rub people the wrong way, and, you know, there's this mutiny among the players and all that stuff. You just didn't know. And not to mention the fact, I didn't think the talent was all that great in the room. God forbid they, you know, suffered some injuries, and they've had their fair share of injuries this season. And yet they're still 7-4. and four. They were like the toast of the NFL before these last couple of games. And so now all of a sudden that, all right, maybe you're starting to think that they're not as good as a 7-2 and two team, which I don't know why you would think that for a second anyways. But the NFC is so bad, that's why I still think they're going to find a way to get into the playoffs. But let's just say for argument's sake they don't. Why is this a failure? I don't care if they lose out the rest of the year, which I don't think is going to happen. They have already given you, as a fan, more moments – more highs, more things that you could celebrate than probably you would have thought were possible in your wildest dreams before the season started, before your wildest dreams. You got to be proud if you're a fan. And yeah, I know you'd like to play playoff football. You'd like to have that extra game, but you can't sit here and say that it's a failure if somehow they do miss out on the playoffs. And I don't think that's going to happen. I'll keep repeating it. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to get I think they're going to win this week. You know, and, and and stop this temporary funk that they're in. I don't know, is that a lock or we is that like a I mean, was that with conviction when I said I think they're going to win? I think when you say the words they will win. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's Yeah, but I right did there. say think. So like if I was, you know, on the witness stand, I could maybe imply that like, well, I wasn't 100% sure. But you spoke your thoughts is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to talk my way out of this. I'm just let's put it this way. I just don't want to be held responsible for it. Oh sure. But I, you locked it in already, so I can't. Like cuz God forbid, you know, we hold the host uh responsible <laughs> yeah. for things they say. <laughs> oh gosh. Hey guys, don't forget about me. That's me. Forget it. I'm I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down. Giants are going to win this week. Giants are going to win this week. I said it. You don't have to keep doing that, but okay. Give me the name of your show. And as far as the Odell thing is concerned, I'm a little puzzled by it, to be quite honest with you. Like, it's been there, done that. Right? And and I understand that he was at a different point in his career. You know, it was before all the moving around the injuries, but you got through that. And I don't have to remind you, like, he did some things here, like, 
throwing his teammates under the bus and so on and so forth, doing the the little Wayne interview and all that other stuff, and then, you know, killing Eli. And, just like, y- you know, that was tough, and it was a bad period for the franchise. Now you're starting to emerge from the darkness, right? You're emerging from the rubble. There's sunshine that you could see on the horizon. There's a new air around this football team. I don't know why you would want to go back to those days again. I understand that he's a different player. He's older, wiser, maybe not going to be viewed as big of a focal point of his offense as he was his first time around. I mean, that's natural because he's older. You know, he's not the same player. But aren't there other guys that you could bring in, maybe who you don't have that history with, that you could maybe trot out there and don't have to deal with any potential issues and distractions. And even this thing that recently happened with the airplane. Like, I understand, and, you know, a lot said about it, but it just, it, it, it's like one more thing. You know, one more unnecessary thing that you have to possibly attach to yourself. It's almost like you sit there and say, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, what, what now is something that we're going to have to explain away next? When will it happen? Will it happen in the offseason? Will it happen during the season? Will it, you know, to where it's going to take the, the, the focus away from football because of Odell. It's like, oh, it's Odell being Odell. And for everything that I've gathered from Brian Dayball and Joe Shane, they don't, they don't want to go down that road anymore. You know, they want to eliminate those type of things. Isn't that part of the reason why Kadarius Tony was sent packing, among others? Right? This is supposed to be, I don't care what you did before you got here and those type of things or what we're, what you might have made before. And, you know, it, it's about what you're doing now. We want certain guys. We want, hey, they're bringing them in for a visit. And if they had no interest whatsoever, he wouldn't even be on a visit. They wouldn't even have initiated that. So to them, they must feel that there's still some value there. I just don't think he's going to pick them to begin with. I personally think, and I felt all along, he's going to Dallas. You want to lock that in too? Odell going to Dallas? Can we lock that one down? I feel stronger about Odell going to Dallas than maybe even I do in the outcome of the game coming up on Sunday. He better make up his mind. And again, like Jordan was saying, it's not for this year, right? It's not like, oh, you sign Odell, you're winning the Super Bowl. You don't know if he's going to even be able to contribute this year. But I just think that's where he's going. You know, maybe he wants to just check off the different teams in the NFC East. Did the Giants already? Now go to Dallas. You know, just keep moving around. Um, Carl in Long Beach, up next, 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Carl? Hey, Dan. Uh, thanks for having me. I could not agree more with uh, your Odell points for a couple of reasons. Number one is that, um, like you said earlier, this team is not talented still. I mean, they're, they're, they're pulling a, a magic trick out of a hat, and I'm not really willing to pay – someone who we still think has talent, 15 million, just to try to pull another magic trick out. Um, and number two is I don't really understand it whatsoever like you either in that, um, you know, everyone keeps throwing Dave Gettleman's name around and that he was the biggest issue with Odell. From what I can recall, John Mara really, really just has some disdain for this man as well. I can't even imagine that they're bringing him back in the building. Well, but remember this, though. Say what you want about John Mara and how he felt towards Odell Beckham. They did not give Odell Beckham that contract extension without John Maris signing off on it. That's true. That's true. They and and I know they ultimately traded him, but still, they, they still gave him that contract before the trade was made with the intent that he was going to be around. So the owner had to sign off on that. Right, and then and then it just turned into an absolute clown show, and, and, and it just everything went wrong. So I just don't understand why we're trying to revive this. 
It, it, it seems like we're going backwards with it. Right, Carl? I'm with you, and I thank you for the phone call. It's like been, like I keep saying, been there, done that. That's the feel. Move forward. And I know that I don't have the list in front of me. I mean, I'm not even thinking about the offseason yet. You know, for the first time in forever, like the, the current season, the present, is actually something that you want to absorb for both of these football teams. Like, it's actually fun. So I'm not even worrying about the offseason, who's available, who's not available. But, you know, to take Jordan's word for it, if you're telling me that Jacoby Myers is the best free agent wide receiver in the upcoming class, okay, but that's not the end-all be-all because you're going to have guys who are cut loose because of salary cap reasons, money reasons. They don't want to take a pay cut, and then they're going to be available. And then you could go sign them. It's not out of the realm of possibility. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Subi's in Midtown. He's up next here on Dan Gross' hey, show. What's up, Subi? Hey, Dan. Three things about the Giants. First, Odell's last game with the Giants was miserable. He, I think he dropped a couple of balls with the pack, versus the Packers, and that was a miserable game by him. He just turned out to be more flash than function. And the second thing is, you know, this team needs leadership. It's, it's sad what happened on the defensive side. They lost that safety to that ATV accident. I think that was a big hit. And defense is the one that uh, wins the games for the Giants anyway. And then third point is, you know, I miss the days when they had Manningham, Hakeem Nix, Amani Toomer. You know, there was just guys on even the tight ends. They just uh, boss. You know, they just stepped up when things needed to be stepped up. So maybe it's more of a game plan than all these flashy players like Tony. I think we can find players in free agency, maybe even like a Brandon Cooks, a veteran leader, for wide receiver, I mean, worst-case scenario, you can get them for, like, a seventh-round pick. So that's all I got to say. I think Odell is more flash than function now. That's all I got to say. Subi, thanks for the call. And, again, I don't know more than anything else what type of money he's going to command. And I just think if you're the Giants, and the point has been made by a couple of you guys on the phones already, like, you look at this roster from 1 to 53, it's not the super most talented roster around the NFL. I, I think we can all agree on that. They're playing over their skis this year. Dayball and his coaching staff are doing an outstanding job. My point is, even if you do have a lot of money that is going to become available on your salary cap and you're going to have some to spend, you could fill a lot of needs by not necessarily going out there and signing the most expensive players. You could sign a lot of really, really good players who maybe aren't going to command as much, who are a great fit for your scheme and your system, and that could maybe help you build a winning football team. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. Still got a lot more to do. We'll get into the baseball stuff in the 9 o'clock hour, but we're taking your football calls coming up. Also, we heard for the first time in quite a while from another quarterback who will actually be seeing the field this week. It's Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And it is indeed the Dan Grasso Show. Give me the name of your show. I just did on 98.7 ESPN. We're taking it right up until 10, then Gordon Damer will take you the rest of the night. At Dan Grasso, G-R-A-C-A is where you can get me on Twitter. Harvey and Chantel are here producing the program this evening. And, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, the Giants situation with Daniel Jones, we're still, I guess, technically in evaluation mode. As to whether or not we're trying to figure out what we have with the giant quarterback, or what they have, I should say. And I understand that he's played good football this year. Like, like if you're asking me to assign a grade to Daniel Jones and how he's performed, I would give him a solid B so far this year. Given the injuries, no wide receivers to speak of. I mean, really, I could put on a giant helmet and go out there and get meaningful reps for the Giants at times this year at wide receiver. I mean, they've had nobody signing dudes off the street. So you throw in that, you throw in the offensive line, how many different guys have been in and out. It's like a revolving door, a game of musical chairs. I think he's done a good job. He's shown toughness. He's been durable. He's made plays. He's limited the mistakes, right? I mean, that also was one of the things that kind of defined Daniel Jones up until this point of his career, is that the mistakes, the fumbles, the turnover, we haven't seen as much of that this year. So for that, he's to be commended. Now, here's the yeah, but in the whole discussion. And I don't want to be this guy, but you know what? I'm here, so I might as well spin both sides of it. And I brought this up on Friday, last Friday, when we were doing the K-Show. So I know Jordan Renan heard it, and maybe some of you did too. And maybe this isn't even totally fair, but when you're making an evaluation on a quarterback, you want to know, can they handle adversity? Can they get the job done maybe when the odds are stacked against them? In a less than ideal scenario, do you know that you have a guy that can put a team on his shoulders and take you to where you need to go and win you a football game? Okay. Well, all the things that I just talked about in giving Daniel Jones a lot of credit for this year, right? All the absences, all the injuries, all the adversity, all those things. And he's done a good job. But don't the truly elite ones, the truly special ones, and you know who they are, right? You watch them on Sundays over the years. When you do take away all those other things, and when it looks like they have no path to victory, They find a way. They perform. They put up their numbers. They get their stats. And now you know you have an elite quarterback. You have a franchise player. You have somebody you can build around. I don't know necessarily if Daniel Jones has been that guy through 11 games this season. Been good, not great. So what I'm trying to say is, if we're making this evaluation and we're sitting here and trying to weigh the pros and the cons of whether or not he is indeed the long-term answer. Aren't you almost getting evidence of that? Right? He doesn't have a lot to work with, but yet we're still finding ourselves having to have that question answered. And if we're still trying to find an answer to the question, then maybe it's not the answer that Giant fans want to hear 
or maybe the Giants even want to hear. But I still think you could run it back with him next season. I just don't know if this is the guy that I'm saying, all right, we're signing it for the next five, six years because you are indeed the solution. I don't think you have that. And you know what? I hope I'm wrong because he's a good dude. He's a good player. And for once, for once in his career, I want to see Daniel Jones pilot an offense, Brian Dayball at the helm, that has a lot of pieces, has a lot of weapons, top-notch skill position talent. That's what I want to see because then we're really going to know how good or how not good he is. And I know we're already, what, four years into this process. And it's not going to happen in 2022. At the earliest, it's not going to be until 2023. And there still isn't any guarantee that he'll be back next year, even though I think he will be. And when we sit here and check off the reasons as to why the Giants are 7-4, and four, at least on the offensive side of the ball, he's not even number one on top of the list. There's the running back. In a world where the running back is supposed to be devalued, ironically enough. So if you're asking me, good, not great for Daniel Jones here in 2022. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Buddha, my friend, how the hell are you? Hey, Dano. How you doing, baby? Everything good? Everything is great, bud. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. You know, Dan, let me ask you a couple questions yes. real quick about getting my point there. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback? Great? No. Right. Um, have the Niners needed him to be great? No. Well, well so let, me, turn... let me say this. Let me say this. Yes. If you want to go back yes. three years into that Super Bowl, he might have had to be a little bit better for them to win that game because he didn't make any plays in the fourth quarter when they needed him to. Uh, you know, I'll agree with that, but I mean, I, the only reason why I ask you that question is they've had a couple of deep playoff runs without him being great. So, I mean, maybe for them to get over the mountaintop, he needs to be great. And that's and that's but the I thing, think- right? We can climb Pike, Pike's Peak, but to get to the top, we need to maybe take that next step. And I don't know if you want Jimmy the guy leading you there. That's all I'm saying. No, I agree with that. But, but I, the reason why I say that is now... I just look at it in terms of, like, Mike White. You know, all these Zach Wilson apologies. You're the only person on the station who's, like, called it like how it is. I mean, listen, Zach Wilson, whether he turns out great, good, not, you know, who who knows. Right now, Mike White is the best option for the team. And when you look at the Jets games, all of the games that are left, they're all 50-50 prospects in terms of wins and losses. They could win any of these games. They could lose any of these games. But, you know, when you look at it from a strength-based perspective, I don't really care what the Pats, the Dolphins, or the Bills do. It's irrelevant if the Jets handle their business, go 500 or above in these next whatever games. Now, you know, now I'm looking at the guy Robinson, the running back. You know, he came and he's, like, he's saying, you know, he didn't come here not to play. I mean, in a, in, in a way, you can look at that as a negative. But to me, I look at that as a positive. First of all, it's ridiculous for him to say that because – He's acting like he was a free agent. He was traded for a dude. Right. You know, so whatever happens, happens. But for me, what I take out of this, and even with the Mike White thing added in into the mix, I'm starting to see the head coach, Robert Sala, graduate from being a cheerleader to being a head coach. He's making decisions that are the best for the team. I mean, people are getting playing time based on their production, what they're earning in practice. And he's not saying, look, I'm going to play whatever I need to play because the GM 
pick this guy or the GM, you know, traded for this guy. I think that that's a positive. I, all day, all you hear on this station for the last week or whatever, I don't know if it's Greeny, if it was Michael K. Everybody, like, I don't know, like, if Zach Wilson is a personal family member of theirs or whatever. I, I don't understand. We as Jet fans, for 10 years, we have been without a chance to get to the playoffs. The head coach knows that if he loses games and they, let's say they bottomed out from that six wins and they won seven games, now his head will be on the chomp block. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. And in the long run, the team is going to be better off of that. I mean, I just don't understand why we have to keep talking about whether Mike White's ceiling is this, whether he's that. Like we just discussed with Garoppolo, they don't, the Niners have had deep playoff runs with a quarterback who, let's be honest, a lot of people feel is pedestrian. But if you can read the defense, the way the offense is designed, like you said, the West Coast offense is not based on the quarterback having a strong arm or making wild plays. It's about getting the ball out, getting it to the playmakers, and letting them do their thing. Why can't we just be happy with that? Buddha. Preaching to the choir, my friend. I didn't want to get religious tonight, but you're preaching to the choir. That's what you're doing. You said it I all. I mean, come on. Come you on. Said it I, all. I just don't understand it, Dan. It's just, it's like, you know how it is, is that, you know, people get all caught up on what some other team is doing. I'm hearing this stuff about, do you think Mike White is going to be able to go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? First of all, Josh Allen and them need to be careful because if they lose one or two more games, they might not even get in the dance. But besides that, I mean, I see Lamar Jackson making wild plays all over the place, but when you need that one specific throw or you need him to get the ball out quick, I mean, I, you're gonna, when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, do you not think – I don't care that they beat us in the beginning of the season. If the Jets were to meet them in a playoff game, that's a 50-50 prospect, the way that the defense is playing. I, I just Let's just accept it for what it is. Maybe Wilson comes out better next year. Maybe he doesn't. But let's play like Herm Edwards say, to win the game. That's all we need to do. That's and all. It's a beautiful year. It's all it is, and it's probably as fun a year as you've had in a decade. Buddha, great stuff as always, my friend. I appreciate the phone call. I'll, 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 I'll answer it this way. Jimmy Garoppolo. And I like Jimmy Garoppolo as a, as a player. I understand he's not Tom Brady, but you can win with him, as Buddha just said. And I think if you watch the NFL for the last few years and watch San Francisco, you know that you can win with him. Jimmy Garoppolo is somebody who you're right. He's a fit for that offense. Even though for some reason Kyle Shanahan and company just wants to keep replacing him. But guys who play with Jimmy Garoppolo told me that they respect the hell out of him. Love him. Leadership. Accountability. Commands the huddle. I'm not making this up. These are their words, not mine. And they said he learned all those things from playing alongside Tom Brady all those years up in New England. Saw how he did it. And that rubs off on the rest of that locker room. It rubs off on the guys in that huddle. They relate to that stuff. They take their cues from the leader. And if the quarterback can command the huddle, and it's not just a cliche, and if he can own and take accountability for his own mistakes, that carries a lot of weight, man. That earns you brownie points in that room. So he's out on the West Coast. Let's go over to Florham Park. 
Because they got a guy in there now who commands the huddle, who's accountable, who shows leadership. He's extremely well-liked in that locker room. And maybe, just maybe, he's not a great quarterback and doesn't have the rocket arm and all the tools they are going to wow you with the combine and isn't going to run a 4-3-40 and isn't a threat to maybe beat you with his legs in addition to his arm. But it still don't mean you can't win games. Still doesn't mean that it can't get the job done. And that's where they're at right now. So why are you going to have to go think about signing a quarterback who's going to cost you tens of millions of dollars in free agency? Because somebody's going to give it to him. It's a quarterback league. And if you don't have one, you will bend over backwards to make sure you get one. So Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make a fortune in the offseason. But if you've got a guy here who's going to cost you a fraction of that and could be just as effective with what he has around him, what's wrong? What's the problem? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Speaking of quarterbacks, a couple of other ones around the NFL are having really tough years. And they're dealing with a lot of stuff off the field. We'll tell you what we're talking about. We'll also get into the baseball before we're done, too. Dan Gross until the top of the hour right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello? You play to win the game. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, things got a little weird the last couple of days in quarterback world in the NFL. Maybe it's because, you know, days off, things get a little slow, and people get a little goofy. So, Patrick Peterson, who is a, you know, outstanding at one time or another, he was like the best of the best at his position, corner for the Minnesota Vikings, played the Jets this week. And he used to be, of course, on the Arizona Cardinals. It's where he made his name. You know, his best years were as a Cardinal. And he was a teammate with Kyler Murray. So, Patrick Peterson went on a podcast. Who was, that, who was on that? Brian, uh, was it Brian McFadden who was on the, the podcast with him? 
I think it was. I forgot what the podcast is called. I apologize. I'm sure if you search, you want to listen to it, whatever. But anyway, Patrick Peterson was talking about the situation involving the Cardinals. So the Cardinals stink. The season is crumbling. They should blow that thing up in the offseason. Get rid of the coaching staff. You know what? Get rid of the general manager, too. But the problem is, is that they signed Kyler Murray to that ridiculous long extension in the offseason and also put in that thing about him needing to study because they didn't think that he was, you know, putting in the time and the hours. He plays too many video games. So this was Patrick Peterson talking about Kyler Murray on this podcast. Kyler Murray is talking about, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately, but it tells me he doesn't care about the head coach, his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying. Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. All Things Covered podcast is what it's called. You know, because, you know, they cover. Brian McFadden, Patrick Peterson, their corners, DBs, right? So... Kyler Murray cares about nobody but Kyler Murray. Who am I to take exception with that? You know, I don't know Kyler Murray personally. I just look at the results. And I know the Cardinals aren't any good. And if you're paying a guy all that money, you expect more. And I do know that Kyler Murray looked so out of place in that playoff game last year against the Rams, he looked non-competitive. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback in that game. He looked like he'd rather be anywhere else but that football field. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And that's why it just even, I think, exacerbated things when they decided to give him that contract extension. Anyway, so the podcast drops. The quotes start to make their rounds on the worldwide internet. And so Kyler Murray tweets out, this isn't true. You on some weird bleep, Patrick Peterson. You got my number. If you really felt like this as a, quote, big bro or, quote, mentor, you're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. No, that's exactly what you do to help a podcast grow. Duh. You need to put stuff out there that is going to take off and go viral and all those things. Tweet that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Because somebody said it, but I don't think anybody thinks all that differently about Kyler Murray. Hello? They ain't winning. You play. They're, uh, they just need to blow that thing up. They, I mean, normally it's the second half of the season where Arizona and the Cliff Kingsbury thing, like, completely crumbles. This year it's just been a train wreck from the get-go. And I don't know if you guys are watching that hard knocks, like the in-season hard knocks. See, the people with NFL Films and HBO, they're geniuses. Because when they announced that the Cardinals were going to be the team, they knew exactly what they were doing. We suck. The Cardinals are team train wreck. And so why not chronicle them in the second half of the season when generally they fall apart? No matter what team Cliff Kingsbury coaches, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's Texas Tech in college, second half of the season, they are putrid. And they're going to have a new staff next year. Anyway, so you have Kyler Murray. Then you see this thing with Russell Wilson. Russell had a birthday party. Sierra threw him a birthday party on Tuesday, which is the player's day off. And remember, Denver lost on Sunday in Carolina. They had an awful year, right? An awful year. You had his teammate get in his face. That clip kind of went viral on Sunday on the sidelines, yelling at him, probably said some things that you can't say in church. Or on the radio. And so Sierra has the birthday party on Tuesday. And apparently only half the team showed up. Now, let's put this into some proper context. There's a lot of guys on a football team. 
You have 53 guys on the roster, plus your practice squad, plus, I'm sure, other people around the football team that are close to the quarterback and close to the player that may not be, like, on the roster. But they said only half showed up. And some people are trying to make a big deal about it because it was on an off day and still nobody showed up. Well, here's the thing. We need a little bit more details and a little bit more context on this party. Where was it? Did she, like, rent out a restaurant? Some banquet hall? Or was it at, like, Chuck E. Cheese or something like that? Because depending on where the place was, if I'm an NFL player and I only have one day off a week, generally speaking, I'm not going to give up my off day to go to some yo-yo party at some place that I can go to any single time I want to. You know, days off for pre- I feel the same way. Like, whenever I get a day off and I know that I have nothing to do, I'm not going to do anything. So if somebody calls me up and invites me somewhere, hey, you want to go here? You want to go this place? This place? I'm not going to go. It's my day off. So I don't think we should necessarily, like, put two and two together that because they don't like Russell Wilson and that he's unpopular in that room and he alienates everybody and, you know, former teammates don't have his cell phone number and all those things, that that's why they're not going to the party. Days off are important. They're precious. Harvey, if you had a day off and you work hard, you work like 15 days a week. If you had a day off and the World Cup was on, like let's say tomorrow, all right, you got four games tomorrow. But if somebody, if I called you up and said, hey, you know what, let's go grab lunch. You're probably going to say, no, it's my day off. I'm tired. I want to watch the World Cup. It's got no reflection necessarily on our relationship or what I feel about you as a person, but I'll pass. Is that fair? It's very fair. One of the worst things about the world right now is there's only 24 hours in a day. Exactly. But I don't think we need more hours. Oh, yeah, we do. No, and I'll tell you why we don't. Because if there were more hours, they'd find more ways to put us to work for more hours of the day. Oh, that's how you look at it? That's how, that's how you have to look at it. What, do you think we're going to continue to coast on by? You think we're going to get extra time to, like, sleep and do nothing? <laughs> No, it's like, what would you, what, what can you do for me? You know, it's going to be more work. So anyway, here's Russell trying to explain the fallout from the party, the situation. And he says, you know what? Don't read too much into it. He says he has great relationships with his teammates. I mean, I got great relationships in that locker room. Uh, so whoever is trying to tear it down, I can't, you know, I think that the best thing about it is, is that it's been an amazing journey coming here, moving here, being here. What is he talking about a journey? What is he, a hobbit? What is this, like the Fellowship of the Ring? They didn't walk from Seattle to Denver. He didn't, like, sleep out in the woods along the way. He didn't defeat, like, goblins and orcs and wizards and that type. I mean, you know, he flew his private jet to Denver. And he moved into a, you know, what, $15 million mansion. What, what, What journey? And I'll say this. All the great relationships that he talks about in that room, who's going to actually go up there publicly and refute that? Like, let's say there was friction, and let's say that there were people that didn't get along with Russell Wilson. Like, do you actually think that somebody would go up there and say, oh, you know what, he's a piece of garbage, I don't like him? That's not going to happen. They got his back. They know what's good for business. I just think more than anything else, regardless of what they feel about him as a player. You know, Jerry Judy is not going to go up there and say, you know, we don't like Russ. He's no good. You know? 
Just, he, he, you know, he kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. He did that creepy Subway commercial about the dangerous sandwich. And as he's sitting there taking the bite and, and talking over the commercial, it, it was creepy. But he's still a good guy. It's called the Danger Witch. Now, the, 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 have, like, if you haven't heard that whole commercial or seen it or whatever, like, do yourself a favor and, and cringe. But I'm giving you fair warning. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> I can't believe. Like, seriously, how about this? If I said to you guys, you want to go to this guy's birthday party? Here comes the airplane. You going? I, I, I would be a little bit scared. What a hunk. There's a lot going on there in Denver. You talk about another team that needs a clean house in the offseason. The problem is that the quarterback ain't going anywhere because they signed him to a gazillion dollar deal for a gazillion years. And they're stuck with him, too. So, yeah, an eventful week for. See, we're sitting here and just talking about, you know, Mike White, Mike White. He plays good. And he, he doesn't give you any drama. It's all about football. Very low maintenance. Meantime, in Arizona, you got former teammates calling out the quarterback and then him tweeting back at them. In Denver, you got birthday parties that nobody wants to go to that are for the quarterback. I guarantee you this. If Mike White had a birthday party next week, the whole room would be there. They would roll up on a bus. It would be like a class trip when you were seven years old and you go to the museum or the planetarium or something like that. And all the kids get on the They'd pack a lunch and they'd all go to Mike White's party. You don't got to worry about that being an issue. Not in that locker room. When's Mike White's birthday? In March. So that's not going to happen this week. Although it could, you never know. What about, you see these people that they throw parties like in the summertime when their birthday's not in the summer just because they want to have a summer birthday? That's not how it works. You know, you talk about like a group of people that need to maybe be stranded on an island by themselves away from everybody. People who have non-summer birthdays but want to throw themselves summer birthday parties just because the weather is nice and warm. You don't get to pick when you were born. It happened. Get over it. I read somewhere that Jesus didn't want to have a birthday on Christmas. But guess what? He couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> oh, we're getting silly. 800-919-3776. Speaking of Christmas, when is Aaron Judge and Jacob DeGrom going to get a big present under the tree in terms of a shiny new contract? We'll talk about that coming up next. Dan Gross until the top on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show. On 98.7 ESPN.